0: extra chairs set up uh, because uh, this tomorrow night is the national day of prayer for the entire nation. And it's the national day of prayer. So there's prayer events all over America from Washington, D.C. to New York, to L.A., everywhere. And so uh, the main event is right here tomorrow night at 7 p.m. and we are hosting for the entire city. And uh, again, we just really want everybody to be here. Uh, we have about uh, well over 10 churches will be participating at least. We've got nine different churches contributing to the worship team tomorrow night, which I think is great. I've got about seven or eight different pastors that are going to be here doing some of the prayers. And uh, it's just going to be a phenomenal night. And we're taking communion uh, with all the Christians in Marstow that want to be here. And, and I'm just very, very excited. That's the thing I'm most excited about. So uh, be here with us and uh, you know, just be a good support. It's going to be a wonderful night of unity. So... Question, who's going to be here tomorrow night? Who's Woo! up you? Yeah, come on. Right, Thank you. All right. Very good. And also, just want to give a reminder. This is beside the point. Love, if you were here Sunday, you heard this, but we do have our brand new sound board installed and in use right now. So let's give the Lord a praise of that. We have uh, invested a lot over the last two years to get the acoustic panels up and the new sound board. It is the top of the line. State of the art, best of the business soundboard uh, that's available. And so we're super happy about that. And we are asking that you uh, be a little patient with us. There's a little learning curve on it. And so, uh, you know, if you hear a little squeak or a little squeal or a little feedback, you know, uh, we're, we're just getting used to it. And so, uh, and we did this Sunday, but let's give a nice round of applause for Tom, who is back in the meeting right, like to call him. And if you're watching on the live stream, we know that the audio isn't totally perfect on there yet, so be patient online and uh, still listen in, but we're, we're getting that worked out on that end too, so anyway, it is a great blessing and a huge step forward, uh, just be patient with us for the next couple weeks as we really get used to that, alright? Next announcement uh, is, this Saturday is the men's meeting at 9am in Victory Hall, so men, who's going to be there? Woo. Uh, Okay, so bring some breakfast to share with the guys, and of course it is the day for breakfast, Bibles, and roasts. So be there, let's do this, it's gonna be phenomenal. And then, uh, this Saturday also is a brand new lift group, uh, that we are introducing. The group is called Health His Way, and it's gonna be starting this Saturday, uh, and it's a group about health and fitness, and uh, this Rosalinda Palakiko is leading the group. They're going to meet um, over, uh, well, I think maybe, it'll be on the property, okay? I heard Victory Hall Then last night. They were telling me in front of this building. But at 7 a.m. Saturday, and you're like, man, 7 a.m., that's too early. Well, hey, that's step number one to help his way. It's called sacrifice. Somebody say amen. 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 All right. So be here Saturday. Uh, if you want to do this, uh, Rosalinda's going to do a brief... Um, Bible study, exhortation, and then they're going to spend some time just walking uh, the property. She said 20 or 30 minutes, uh, you know, just walking and praying and talking. And uh, this is going to be a weekly group every Saturday, 7 a.m. for at least the next three months. And it's a great chance, man. If you've been interested in getting in better health and doing it God's way and having a support group around you, this is chance, alright, Saturday, 7 a.m., if you want more details, see Rosalinda, alright, and then the next thing coming up is the mother-son country breakfast, hey, amen, that's going to be Ooh, on Saturday, the 13th, at 9 a.m., and uh, it's, uh, it's to celebrate Mother's Day weekend, and so the cost is $6 for kids, if they're 500 under, it's free, and the adults are $8, so go ahead and sign up at the info booth, and then final reminder is... Mother's Day is coming up everybody. It is Sunday, May 14th. Let's have a nice round of applause for the moms in advance. Amen. We want to celebrate them that day and we've always got a gift for all of them. So make sure you're here on Mother's Day weekend. Alright? Well I'm going to go and have Pastor come on up tonight for our Wednesday evening tithes and offerings. So what time is it? Well, it's happy time. Amen ahead and do our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. If you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org giving. Alright. Alright, glory to
1: God. Hold up your hands, please look for your tithes and your offerings. And open up your Bible, Psalms thirty-five.
2: Verse 27. Yeah.
1: Psalms thirty-five verse twenty-seven. time we live in, you need to have the word of God in your heart and in your mouth as you are a faithful tither, and a giver, a and server, and walk in love. But Psalm
2: 35, 27, these be one of your go-to verses as you're facing all these economic things we're looking at. Right. Psalm
1: 35, verse 27 says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. How many know what God's cause is? It's always been the same. It's to get people born again to go to heaven. Jesus came to earth to take the sins of all mankind. He took all the punishment, all the judgment, and so His cause is for people that support the gospel. And I think about church people that have churches like ours that have children's ministry, youth ministry, the things we do. Would you support what God's doing, pit plus these young people for Jesus. You're supporting His cause, amen? He you says, you're supposed to shout for joy then, Woo. if you favor that. Yeah. Yeah. That's called being the doer of the word, but you shout for joy, by the way. Hallelujah. Amen? is the mic working? I can't hear myself back here. Are we doers of the word, not hearers only? Yeah. shout yeah. yeah. for joy, if you're for people getting born again and going to heaven. Yeah. Amen. I'm going to Don't know what I'm going to do. Eggs are so high. Gas is so high. I don't know what we're going to do. Let them say that continually. No. No, no, no. Uh, that's what some of you are saying continually. You need to change your confession. Let them say continually Let the more Lord be magnified which has pleasure in the bankruptcy of his servants. No. How many here serve God? You serve him. He said you're supposed to be a sense something continually. Let the Lord be magnified that has pleasure when you, his sons and daughters that serve him, when you serve him, you're supposed to say continually, God gets, God gets joy, but I get blessed. I get a raise, God gets joy. Amen. He said you're supposed to magnify him continually for what he's doing in your life. Every time, every time that you get blessed by that, he says God gets great joy. Why is that? You're not going to blow it on Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You're not going to blow it on stupid stuff. Your family's going to be blessed, but you're always going to be somebody said, Jesus, is there anybody that needs help? Jesus, what can I do to serve you better? Are we going to see things come up like mission you, pray Lord, give me some seed to sow. I'd like to be a part of that. Yes. And so God starts trusting you with finances to sow, and the more he sees you're faithful, the more you prosper. And the point you prosper, you look back and think, man, that seemed like somebody else in a bad movie. Used to be broke like I used to be. because I'm not broke anymore. I'm a prosperous child of God. Say that. Say I'm a prosperous child of God. Amen. 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 You're agreeing with the word, not with circumstances. You say that because He says He has pleasure when you prosper. Yes, and so we're going to continue to confess it, live it, and do it, and it'll come and pass our lives. Amen our Financial faith and confession. We'll our tithes and offerings up here that we will enjoy the Word of God tonight and the wonderful woman of God. Amen. As we break the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs, jobs, promotions, rates and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interesting uh, rebates and returns, checks in the mail. Gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid out, debts paid out, brought you received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, in all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take care of my family, give justice the kingdom of God, Hold the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm-hmm.
0: Rene Garcia bring us the word this evening right It's a perfect week to have her up to back for us right here And uh, she's going to be speaking on some Ministry of Health things tonight And I've asked her to do that for us And uh, so anyway just listen up And have an open heart to receive From the word of God tonight Amen That's right. Swing that sword
3: Um, so, bear with me for a little bit, I'm going to talk a little bit about myself, um, only because I only have my story, I can't tell other people's story, I can only tell you guys my story. Um, so, me and my husband have been coming, and my family have been coming to this church for about 15 years. When I started coming here, my, step, my youngest son was in my belly, so he's going to be 15 this year, so it's been about 15 years. Um, and... When I say, when we started coming to church, we didn't have it all together. I mean, we didn't have it all together. We were clueless. My life, my life before God was a mess. I needed Jesus. My husband needed Jesus. My husband had never set foot in a church before. Before he started coming here and really serving. We kind of visited a couple churches, but, like, I'm talking about, like, really be serious with the Lord. He never heard anything about Jesus. He didn't know none of that. I grew up in church. Um, My grandma was actually a member of this church. So I was baptized when I was real little here. and My grandma would bring me when I was real little. um, So I knew about God. And the older I got, I kind of wandered off. My life was um, not easy. It was tough growing up. My dad has been missing since I was, oh gosh, maybe kindergarten age. Um, And I we never were able to find out what happened to him. So I didn't have a father in my life. I didn't have a dad to raise me or teach me anything. And I had my mom in my life. My mom was a single mom. and She did the best that she could do for me. And about 16 years old, um, we parted ways. She went on with her life. And I had to figure out how to take care of myself being a teenager and not knowing anything. I stayed in a drug house with a lady who had five kids of her own and I had to grow up really fast to become mom to those kids. Um, I had to protect them. Didn't grow up in the best neighborhood. Um, I grew up the gay lifestyle. Um, so all I knew was smile now, cry later. Um, you smile in front of people and you better cry silently because nobody needs to see your pain. Um, I was very mean. I had a lot of hate in my heart. I was not a nice person. Um, Even when I met my husband, I was not a nice person. I was very angry. I did not know how to love. I didn't know how to care for people. And I got pregnant with my daughter really young. Had to work. We had to. We always had to work and do what we could do because you know we had a family now. I had a little girl that I had to take care of. Just a lot happened, right? And so moving on, I had my other son, um, and then I became addicted to drugs. Um, my husband was a drug, do- a drug user, and I started to feel like, well, maybe if I join in with him, maybe he'll be home with me. Like, let me just try to get him here with me. So I have always promised myself I knew what that lifestyle was like. I would always tell myself over and over again, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to do that to myself, never going to do that to my family, but I did. The devil got me, he got a hold of me, um, and my husband, we used together. We were homeless. We lived in a very not so pleasant motel on Main Street with a one room and it had a little kitchen and I had two little babies, um, that we were taking care of and we all slept on one bed. And I would always cry to the Lord and be like, Lord help me. You know, Lord, I know you're there. I know, I know there's something about you. I know, I know just, I know that I need you. But I need you to work on my husband because
2: I don't want to go to church by myself.
3: And I don't want him to go to church because I'm making him to go to church, and he probably doesn't even know I was praying this. So, but this is how I was praying, talking to the Lord. And I'm like, God, I know I need you. I know my family needs you, and I'm in a rut. And so, one night we were sitting in our hotel room, and I mean, we would have like that TV on because when you do speak, you're up at night. You know, you're just you're up at night. You don't speak, your brain speak. So we had the TV on, and we're listening.
2: And this church guy
3: comes on, and my husband's like, what is, what is this talking about? Like, what is this talking about? And I'm like, I don't know, let's open our Bible Let me open the Bible and see what the Bible says. So I'm open to the Bible, and, like, we're going back and forth. We're talking about God, and, like, the seed started to be planted in us. Then I met pastors. Like, we would, we came a couple times to church and, like, put our feet in, and then we're like, yeah, I don't know, and we stepped out, and then, you know, we go back to our life. We put our feet in, and... Um, I would see Pastor and Miss P all the time and I knew who they were. They didn't know who I was, but I knew who they were. Uh, I worked at Pizza Palace and they'd come in and I'd be like, Hi Pastor, I knew you doing? and gave me a look like, Who are you? You go to church and why you call me Pastor, you know? But I knew who he was and I was just a voice wrong to Pastor and Miss P. They come in, they'd have their family with them and I would tell the workers, Don't you dare touch that table.
4: Table's fine, go find your own
3: people. Those are my people. Um, so, and then we started coming to church here We walked to the doors And we committed our life to the Lord And we've been here ever since And that was almost 15 years ago <laughs> But my story doesn't end there My story doesn't end there We had to learn Because you get saved, right? You get saved Then you get discipled Then you're supposed to serve, right? So we really needed some discipleship Because we were the best. My son was getting kicked out of the nursery all the time. And if Leah was here, she'd tell she'd say that that's a story that I made up, but I'm really being honest. His number was behind me all the time. And then I had to walk the walk of shame with my head down and be like, Yeah, that's my kid. You can go see what he's doing. And sweet little JoJo, a lot of you guys know JoJo about. He's a great kid. Um, he would buy a kid, do whatever, you know, he'd get thrown out of the nursery, I'd come down here and be like, I'm doing good behavior," you know, and I did not know how to parent and I was so embarrassed. And I'm not even gonna lie, there was times when I'm like, I don't want to go to church anymore because I'm embarrassed that my kids can't get in together. Um, but we kept coming. We kept coming. And we found ways to get involved. Anytime the door was open and there was work to do here we work, we come work, and I remember Noah being on me in a little backpack thing up here, and painting, probably not a good idea, but I didn't know that at the time, and Pastor Katie was doing it too, so I was following her, (laughs) Uh, but here we are with our babies, and we're little, and we're painting, and I'm learning, and I'm fellowshipping with people, and there's women in the church that are teaching me, that I can go to, that I can talk to, Um, and then I met Robert, and I hope Robert's not in here, because he's going to be really But I'm going to talk about Mr. Robert for a minute, okay? Remember back up, I told you that I didn't have a dad. Didn't grow up with a dad, didn't have none of that. Um, Little did Robert know what impact he was going to have on my life and who I am today. Because Robert became my father figure. Robert Robert is a server and has a servant's heart. And um, he taught me and my husband what it means to serve. And I'm not talking about like serve the Lord. I'm talking about serving in God's house, right? There's a difference. There's a difference between serving the Lord and serving in the house. And, um, uh, we lived on property. I'm going to get there in a minute. But before that, like, work days and everything, you know, Robert just, he would be like, sister, this is how you do it. You have to right," you know? And one of his biggest sayings were, I don't do it for people. I do it because my big bugs are going to be in heaven, right? And I would always look at him and be like, don't you want people to, like, know what you're doing? No. He does. They want people to know what they're doing. And he's really serious when he says that his reward is in heaven. So hold that thought. Sorry, I'm going to continue my journey, okay? So, Pastor comes to us. Shh, a small story really quick. Me and my husband used to sell Kirby vacuum cleaners door-to-door on condition. Well, Pastor found out that we knew some things about vacuums. And boy, they have a lot of vacuums in that room that needed help. And they get me and Jesse, and they're like, hey, can you come service our vacuum cleaners? Can you come, like, clean them? And we're like, sure, absolutely, not a problem. And I remember driving up that day, and I'm like, okay, like, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do? You know, and they bring all the vacuums out here. And then they walk out, and they leave us in God's holy sanctuary by ourselves. They trusted us. (laughs) They had no idea our backstory, but they trusted us in God's house with God's actions. And I remember being so excited about that. Like, I get a job, and for once, somebody's not looking at me like I'm a troublemaker, or I'm in here to, like, steal their computers or whatever. They're trusting me to work, and I'm in God's house. What an honor. What a privilege that is. Amen. You know? And that's where God really started working in my heart and teaching me the difference between just serving God and serving in your local church. So, really quick, um, we did that, and then uh, time passed, and they asked us to come live on property, and my husband did grounds and maintenance, and I did all of the cleaning. Now, if you look at these buildings, there's a lot to clean, so I have a lot of respect for anybody who cleans these buildings, because I know it's a lot. And I was a mom who, well, a housewife, my husband would go to work, and I would have my kids at home with me. Anybody knows that when you come to this church, the second your kids come on property, they want to run into movies, right? So I had to figure out a way to get my job done and keep my kids from making more of a mess, right? So guess what we did? We served together. It was the greatest thing ever. My son at two years old, Noah at two years old, true story. I would, we the Ajax in the toilet. And I would give him the brush and say, now brush all that green off. And I would purposely put a lot so I would keep him there for a minute. And I would <laughs> like, now scrape all of that off the toilet. You know, do your job. And so, Noah would do that. Um, and I would have Jojo, you know, with the vacuum cleaner, here, do vacuum. You know, and we each had our, our little jobs that we did. Um, and my kids learned what it was like to surf. And what an honor it was to surf. So pull that thought out and get back to that too. But they started since they were real little. Um then God had something more for me, and I, I seen a need in the nursery and I like begged, can I please work in the nursery, please? And Leah's like, maybe, we'll see, we'll see. You know, and finally she was like, Okay, fine, you can work in the nursery. And I was so excited. I was so excited to go up there and just be able to get back what somebody gave me. Right? Because remember the story I told you about how my son would all the time? Well, I wanted to be that worker that they'd call those people because they're something. Or their child messed up all the time. Like I wanted to give people an opportunity to sit in and find Jesus, right? So I was super excited to work in nursery. And then they come to me and they're like, "We need you in children's." And I said, "Great, but I'm not going to teach. I'll help. I'll sit there. I'll keep the kids quiet. But don't ask me to teach." Well, guess what they asked me to do? They asked me to teach, and um, I was terrified. I was like, "I can't tell these kids about Jesus." I'm just barely learning myself. Like, how am I going to stand it? Kids are, you know, they can be mean sometimes. Some of the looks that they get are, like, way worse than some of the looks I'm getting right now. You know, like, they're harsh. They're, they're hard. But um, we had a great nursery director at that time. Um, our children's church director, my study, go and She's like, you can do it. God's with you. You can do it. So I'm like, okay, fine. Give me the lesson, you know. And sure enough, I was able to do it. Um, I eventually became a nursery director, then I was kids club director, then I went back to nursery director, and then one day Ms. P was like, I think the Lord's calling me to other things, and I'm going to hand over the help ministry to you, and I'm going to pass the baton. And so, she passed the baton, um, I'm now the helps coordinator, and I also um, am the pastoral assistant, anything that they say or need that they need done, I make sure we get done. So that's where I'm at. Right. Um, So now that you know a little bit about me, now my sermon will make sense.
2: (laughs) So here we go.
3: We are going to talk tonight about why should I serve in the church. So let's go ahead and invite the Holy Spirit in here and let's pray and talk to Jesus before we begin. Father God, in Jesus' name, Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to be able to tell my story. I thank you for the opportunity to be able to be used by you. Holy Spirit, I ask that you open hearts today, Father, that you open the ears, open our hearts to receive, Father God, and help us to get something out of this so that we leave this place different. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So like I said before, God set up a system on purpose because, you know, God's not dumb. He is smart, and he does things for a reason and a purpose. So the way he set up the church to work is that when you walk through these doors, you get saved, Right?
4: You find Jesus, you ask Him to
3: come into your heart, you get saved. Step number two, you get disciples, right? You come in, you have your Bibles open, you take notes. You're, you know, you take the S, um, SPT classes. You know, you um, you come and you you do work days and you do all those other things and you get relationships. You go to the lift meetings, you find things and you get disciples, right? And then God wants you to serve. God wants you to work. I'm just going to say it. It's not a bad word. Say work. work. God wants you to work, right? And this is how he set it up. It's his plan. This isn't my plan. This isn't pastor's plan. This isn't Pastor Dave's plan. This is God's plan. This is how God called the church to be. And if the church doesn't work like this, we don't have church. We don't have a church. Pastor cannot come. Pastor Dave, Pastor Mississippi, they cannot come to church and clean all the property. And could you imagine a sermon and like the babies are all over here and the children are all on one side and we don't have no workers and Pastor Dave's trying to preach to you guys and he's like, hold on, the baby needs a diaper,
2: let me go over here.
3: Okay, hold on, the kids are crying over here, I gotta. Hey, stop throwing that bowl back there, sit down and behave. We would never get anything about Jesus. We wouldn't learn anything, right? It is not pastors' job to do everything around the church. Their job is to feed us. Their job is to tend to us. Their job is to make sure we're taken care of and we're equipped so we can live victoriously. Our job is to tend to the people, to make sure that the needs of the people are met. That's our job. So, the definition of serve is to be in service of or work for. To be useful or of service to. To be useful. You know, it's really sad right now, but also really great, but our teens that are over next door, they run this church with a great attitude, with a great heart, but you know what's sad about that is there are a lot of adults in here that aren't involved, and these teenagers miss a lot of services, and they miss a lot of things to help them grow and be better because they're filling with You know, they serve was a great part. I had a teenager come up to me the other day and was like, and this is a teenager I would never thought, never thought, would want to be around kids.
4: You know, I know there's
3: a need right now, Ms. Desiree. Ms. Desiree, if you need help, I'll do whatever you want me to do. You need me to do one week in chuck and Children's, I'm there. I'm there for you.
4: And I'm just looking and
3: I'm in awe because we should be doing that too. But these teenagers, they got, they got a hold of how church life is supposed to be.
4: And they're willing.
3: They're willing to go in there and hold your baby, so that you can be down here and be discipled and get what you need. They're willing to work in children's. They're willing to come on a hot day and pull weeds outside and take care of God's house so it looks good. They're willing. Their hearts are willing. So with that being said, sorry, uh, I'm getting off track. But number one, we serve because God has set it up this way. Right? If we're not called to the five-fold ministry... We're called to serve in our local church. We're called to serve people, right? So go ahead and turn with me to 1 Corinthians 13, I believe. I crossed it out because I wrote it off in 1 Corinthians. Aren't you guys just excited to be here today? Yes. 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 That we have a church that we get to come to? Yes. So I'm going to start at 1 Corinthians um, chapter 13, and I'm going to start at verse 27. 12, sorry, 12. I haven't read 13 here, but
2: 12, thank you. All of you together are Christ's
3: body. All of us together are Christ's body. And each of you, that means you, that means me, each of us is a part of it. Here are seven parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, those who do miracles, those who do the gift of healing, and those who can help, say help, help others, those who have a gift of leadership, and those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. So God's giving you a gift, right? He's called you. It says right here in the Bible that if you're not called to the Bible ministry, it says help. You're called to help, right? And the church needs you. Like I told you before, the pastors need you. If we don't have help then we're not going to be able to serve the needs of people when they come in here. Raise your hand right now if you have a kid in nursery. Raise your hand right now if you have a kid in children's ministry. Raise your hand if you have a kid in the youth ministry. Now imagine, you didn't have anybody available for nursery.
4: Are you going to be able to actually
3: sit in here and receive? Those preschool kindergartners, if they were in here right now, how many times would you have to get us to serve their needs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> those youth kids. I mean, the youth kids are pretty good, and they're pretty good at sitting down. I mean, we just have to keep an eye on them because they wander sometimes, you know. But if you didn't have that youth ministry for those kids, those teens, to find the Lord at their level, they're not going to like having a church. They need to be able to receive at their level. Amen. They need to hang out and, and be able to be with people that are their age. Those are the needs of the people. Those are the needs that God's given us to fulfill so that when people come into these doors, we're able to help them. And God's put something in you. He's put a special gift. You know, back to my story, the whole reason why I told you the beginning of my story is because I was a nobody. Didn't have parents that were married. I, I think I forgot something about that. I didn't even graduate high school. I barely graduated high school a couple. Hey, I went back. But I didn't graduate. Okay? I only knew welfare my whole life. Like, that's all I knew. I never knew how to budget. Never knew how to take care of myself. Never knew how to do any of that. I'm not some top person, you know, in a top place where God just said, this is where you're going to be, and I knew that my whole life. If you would have told me when I walked through these doors that I'd be standing up here talking to you guys today, i probably would have ran out and never came back. But God used
4: me.
3: <laughs> There was a gift, a gift to serve, a gift of a servant's heart in my heart. And God knew that. And he developed it. And the more faithful I was, the more he moved me up The more he gave me. Because he was able to trust me down here with those vacuum cleaners. Now he's able to trust me up here to make sure that we have the help that we need. To make sure that the pastors are taken care of and have what they need. So you don't have to be somebody special. God made you special. He knew what the gift was when he formed you in your mother's womb. He said, "Melinda, I'm going to call you to do great things. And I'm going to put this gift in you because when people come around you, they need that smile. They need that encouragement. One day you're going to work that coffee bar. You're going to be the manager of that coffee bar. And someone broken and hurt is going to come in and see that smile. And the Jesus reflection is going to come off of that. And this is who I called you to. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter your past, because once you got saved, you're no longer that person. You belong to Jesus, and those gifts. And we'll get to that in a minute. If you're not using them, just hold on to your seats, because we're going to get there. <laughs> um, and and again, I want you guys to think about your first time walking through this building. Your first time. Your first time visitor. Very first time. What was it about this church that made you sick? Was it because the greeter had a smile on their face? Was it because your kids walked out of children's ministry happy? Was it because you can see the love in our pastors? What was it about that? What if we didn't have that? Would you still be in these seats today? You know, that, that's a good question to ask yourself. You know. So I want to go to the parable of talents for a I want to talk about the parable of talents. So turn with me to Matthew 25. It's really quiet it's exciting to work for Jesus so I kind of like went back and forth when talking about this um, but the Lord just put this story so big on my heart and when he gave this to me I was like oh god that's so good so I want to talk about this for a second okay So we're going to go to Matthew um, 25, and we're going to start at verse 14. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his seven servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing its proportions to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the first bag of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servants to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with his money, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and handling the small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, "Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops. You didn't plant. You didn't plant and gathering crops. You didn't cultivate. I was afraid it would lose your money, so I hid. I hid in the earth. Look, here's your money back." But the master replied, "You wicked and lazy servant! If you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant and gather crops. I didn't cultivate." Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on in it. And so I was looking at this. Remember I talked about how God gives us gifts, right? And He puts our gifts in us. Well, there are people in the church who thrive, right? And they're like, Okay, God, you gave me this gift, I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna here I am, God, use me. And then there's others that just sit here and fight God. And they're like, I'm not doing that. I'm not putting chairs up. And they're wasting that talent. They're just like that man who, who went and hid it, right? They, they didn't do anything with it. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but when I go to heaven, I want God to tell me, well done, my good and faithful servant. You know? And he says, you know, I want him to say, I'm proud of you. You did good. I gave you these gifts. I gave you these things to do for me, and you used them. I'm proud of you. I don't want him to say, why did you waste your time? What were you thinking? You know why, why? didn't you, you know, do something, something for God? You know, and here's this guy, and that's what he did. He just wasted it. He buried it. You know, God gave us a gift. He put something in you. You're important. No matter how many times the devil lies to you and tells you you're nothing, you're no good, you're a waste of time. Those are the lies from the enemy. Because you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, and you can do all things through Christ who and we're not alone. We're doing it with God. We're doing it with God,
2: not by ourselves,
3: you know? So take your talent and stop hiding it and start putting it to use. okay? Amen. So number two, we serve so that others have an opportunity to find Jesus, right? So I talked a lot about that. I talked a lot already about the importance of us making sure that the needs are met at so that those that come in and they're lost can find Jesus. You know, I don't know how many times up in that ministry, I had kids that were hurting. Like, I, they would throw tantrums. They would kick me. They would bite me. They would punch me. And all I would do was sit there and love on them and pray for them. And give them the love of Jesus. I have kids now, and I guess I'm going to tell my age. But I have kids now who have graduated and are grown. And they come see me, and they're like, Sister, I love you so much. Thank you. You helped me out so much. But you know, when I was in children's ministry, I didn't look at the bad kids as bad kids. I looked at them as kids that needed Jesus. They needed somebody to love them. They needed somebody to believe in them. You know, out there in the world, out in these worldly schools, those schools tell these kids that they're nothing, that they're trouble, that they're bad, that they're brats.
4: But in God's house, we should
3: be telling these kids that they are children of the Most High God. And that they are loved. And that they are cared about. And that they are, you know, everything God calls called them to do. With. You know, that's how the that house kind of God should be. You know, and so we're here to serve so that people can find Jesus. If there weren't people serving here, I wouldn't be here right now. My husband wouldn't be here right now. We would not be serving Jesus. You know, but because the needs were met, we were able to serve God. We're able to serve God. I have a victorious family. You know, my kids, my daughter, she's grown now. Um, she has a job, she loves to serve anything I ask her to do around here she just does it, she's up there t- teaching your kids right now because um, I had emergency, I was like great can you help me out she's like okay mom I'll teach You know, so praise the lord for that my, um, my Jojo, remember I was telling you Jojo was a rascal when he was little but now Jojo is the best baby whisperer ever
2: he loves
3: making nursery, he loves those kids and I'm telling you when he gets near them there's just love You know, and Norma, Miss Norma can um, say that this is a true story. But uh, when I had sat down and gave um, Norma, Norma took over the nursery. Jojo would be in there working with her. He'd be like, Miss Norma, you're not supposed to do things like that. That's not how we do things around here. And um, he he knows. He knows the guidelines. He knows, you know, that we're not supposed to do certain things or what we're supposed to do or you know the ratio. Or he'll tell people. Um, you need to go sit down and be in service because you need your Jesus time and you serve tonight and all will serve for you. Like they just know. They just know how things run. And um, Noah, my youngest kid, who I didn't even get to tell you guys about, but that was like my hardest kid to raise because he was walking. He was like, whoo, woo, woo through the aisles. He would take me and I couldn't tie him down to nothing. I was trying to put him in a stroller, and he learned how to do like the umbrella stroller. He would like bend over and like go off running. So I couldn't put that kid down in anything. But that kid now loves serving. You know, he loves Jesus. Anytime that, you know, Raymond calls him, he's like, Mom, I gotta go. I'm like, where are you going? Like, I'm going to play the church. I gotta go help Raymond. And I'm like, okay, bye. And then I ask Raymond, is he helpful? Help? Please tell me he was helpful. Help? If he's not helpful. Help? Send him home. You know, and Raymond's like, oh, he's good. He helps. But all of this is because we establish a group, like Pastor Hayes has been talking about. Establishing our roots, like our, our verse um, for the year. We establish these roots, and our family knows how to serve. Our family knows what's important. And our family knows that when people come through these doors, and they're lost, we're not going to sit there and be like, Oh, what are they? Did you see that person that came to church with the outfit that they have? We're going to say, Did you see those people that came to church? We need to take them out to dinner. We need to, you know, do something with them. We need to pray for them. We need to find out their kids' names. We need to find out more about them. You know, we need to take them, you know, take them out for lunch. Do something. You know, and that's what's important is that people right now are so lost. And it's our job to help them get saved. It's our job to help find the answers for them. And if we can get them through these buildings, if we can get there and their needs are met, they're gonna find Jesus. Lives are going to change. And they're going to be like me. And they're not, you know, I didn't do a 12-step program, guys. I did the Jesus program. And He set me free. And I have never had the desire to pick up speed or do anything like that ever again. He just took it away. And for those of you that have never had that, you know that's a really hard thing to do. Fighting addiction for some people is really hard to do, but God just took it away. My husband was the worst. The worst. Like I can sit here and tell you stories about how how addiction had impacted, but that's his story. It's not about my story. <laughs> and let me tell you, God just took it away. Amen. He just took it away, Amen. and there are families
4: that need Jesus. Amen.
3: To be the only reason why we serve in church and why we come to church because we love Jesus and we know that He's the answer and we know He can take care of it Amen. because He's the only way. So, sorry, totally out of my notes, but there we go. You know, um, <clears throat> so it's a hard thing and it's a privilege to be able to serve, right? It's an honor. Dr. Bartlett always. Um, Talks about that. He always talks about what an honor and a privilege it is to be able to serve and do something for Jesus. So, like I said, number two is we serve so that others have the opportunity to find Jesus. And hold on to your seats here, and please don't throw things at me when I say this, okay? But we serve because we, we want to do our part so others don't have to do our part. Yes. Okay. I'm going to say that one more time. We serve... Because we want to do our part So others don't have to do our part Remember I was talking about the teenagers How they do everything around here Well they're probably filling up, in filling up for some of our parts Some people that aren't doing stuff You know and it's time for us To start doing our part It's time for us to start doing what God's called us to do um, There is a sign in the office That I was looking at today while I was in here While I was in there putting all this together And it says there is no limit To what can be accomplished Nobody cares who gets the credit. Again, if we keep our eye on the, on the goal, it doesn't matter who did the work. It doesn't matter how long you were here to do the work. It yeah. doesn't matter, you know, if you came in and you moved one chair. You still helped, right? It yeah. doesn't matter as long as the goal gets accomplished. One of the things I teach my team, I work at Home Depot. I work with a lot of people. I have a lot of people that I have to oversee. One of the things that I try to teach them the most is about school. Together, everybody achieves more. I can only do so much. I'm one person. This person over here can only do so much. They're one person. You know, Mr. Raymond can only do so much. He's only one person. But when we put all of our pieces together, we can get so much accomplished. Imagine using that for the Lord, right? Imagine if we all did our part. We all did what we're supposed to do. Imagine what we could get done. Imagine what we could do for you know, so first so Corinthians twelve. I'm gonna read verse thirteen. Many parts make up one whole body. So it's with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. We all have been baptized into one body, one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body weren't here, how would you smell anything? And that's how God made it We're all a body, right? And when you think about how the body works, there's things doing stuff in here right now that none of us really know about or think about. We don't think about it and be like, heart beat, lungs breathe. Okay, I need to move this foot down so I can walk. We just do it. It just all comes together and everything does not depart, right? But if you're missing something, part of your body has to work extra hard to make up for that missing part, correct? Right? This is how God placed the church, this is how he placed the body. We each have our part, we each have something to do, right? The I can't say on the nose. How would that work? How would you see the foot can't say I'm the knee. Like imagine your foot right here on your knee. Like that would just be weird, you know. But like I told you before, in the body of Christ, there are people that aren't doing their part, and there's other people filling in. There's a the foot filling in where your knee should be, and there's an elbow where your finger should be, because people are just filling in the spots, you know. And God's calling you to. He's, he's telling me, like, listen to me. Follow the gift that I give you. Stop letting other people do the work. Stop being scared of the work. And just join us together and find out what you can do here. There's so many things. We've got breeders. And guys, I'm not asking you to give up your whole life, quit your job, and come work for the church. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm asking for baby steps. You know, commit to one service. Just one service out of the whole month. Sometimes we have five. So that's just, you get four other services just to sit in these seats. You know? Just one service. Just a baby step. Just step outside of that box of safety.
4: And say, okay, Lord,
3: I'll commit to one week of prayer. I mean, we have all kinds of things. We, we have media. You know, our media team is thriving and growing and doing great things. You know, we have the the, um, the live the live stream, you know, when we need help with that, all you have to do is sit of the camera, make sure the sound sounds good.
2: you know, Raven will treat will train you because Raven's is the pro. You
3: know? <laughs> we yeah, is We have, you know, the projection, like we want to have a projector if I didn't have somebody as wonderful as Mr. Blake The classrooms are good. You know, we have um, our greeters. I see all these smiling faces around here. It would be great just to have you stand at the door just one Sunday and let them all sign and say, I'm glad you're here. Welcome to church. Yeah. It's an easy job. We're not asking for you guys to, like, give me your blood. Yeah. It's a simple job. Right? So I'm asking you guys to. And I'm going to close with this. You know, I want you guys to remember my story. Okay? My story starts was the cleaners. Pastor came in, asked me to do back in the cleaners. I was
2: faithful with that. You know, if
3: you're faithful with a little, God will give you much. I wasn't even asking, I wasn't even desiring for God to give me more at that time. I was just so grateful for the opportunity to be able to do back cleaners. I would have never imagined that I'd be standing up here today talking to you guys about this. But it's so much in my you know, and again, I'm so thankful for Robert taking me under his week and teaching me and showing me this is what a servant does. We do it, Robert shows up at 5 a.m. sometimes. Nobody even knows that this man is here getting things done. He doesn't complain. He doesn't come in and be like, well, guys, I was here till 5 last night and, da, 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 and I decided to do this. And then he just comes in and gets it done because he knows that it But Robert's just a lot of people in his church. There are a lot of people that have stuck to Jesus, found Jesus, because Robert said, come with me, I'll show you how to do it. Come on, we'll we'll set up chairs, we'll do this. You know, what a great opportunity just to be able to fellowship with people. You come in, you vacuum, you get a fellowship, have some laughs, talk to people, show them, you know, how we clean. You know, and that's what it's about. We are the body of Christ. We are called together to do things in unity. And when every body piece does its part, God can come in and he can do great things. Yeah. So, that's right.
0: Let's work on some vacuums. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, should I have helped her down? No, not. <laughs> yeah, well, i not. You know, that reminded me of it. They were new to the church, Jesse and Desiree. We had just had Joel, our first baby. And, uh, and so they all volunteered to babysit him. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> I didn't really know them that well. And so they started watching Joel all the time. And he was a baby. And one day, uh, Pastor Kaney came up to Desiree and was like, he, I don't know, Joel was, I, I don't know, nine months old or something. And, and she's like, he, he, he had finally eights of meat today. We're so excited. And she's like, we've been feeding him Tereso and beans for like six months. <laughs> Good to know. All right, let's stand up together tonight. <laughs> Amen. Amen.
2: Amen.
0: Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. Great job, Desmond. We appreciate you bringing the word on that tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's have our prayer team come forward this evening. The altar space is small uh, for tonight, but if you need prayer for anything, uh, we would love to be in agreement with you and pray with you. Uh, Pastor Josh will lead us in a worship song here, so if you need prayer, come on up and receive that, and, and if not, you know, just be reverent where you're at, and we'll close
4: Good, good,